Welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, presented by Roast House Pub and Idiom Brewing Company in Frederick, Maryland, as well as Havoc Brew Supply, the one-stop shop for all of your brewery's needs. Check them out at hophavoc.com. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by Aubrey Slater from St. Luna Moonshine. Thank you for joining me. Oh my God, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, what is your official title? Because it is a fun one. Yeah, it's cute. I am the chief brand development queen of (laughs) St. Luna Spirits. Uh, Yes, it it wasn't my choice, but... I get, you know, if, if the shoe fits perfectly, then I mean, just wear it. So I have, have you ever worked somewhere where they wanted you to just pick your title? I, th- I think this is the first time really, um, where I got to choose it. You know, it's a, not only a brand new position, but it was a brand new company. So it was, um, yeah, I guess it was kind of up to me and, you know, being a transgendered woman, I was just like, well, I need a I need a strong title. I need something that conveys like, you know, authority that people are going to take me seriously, you know, in this business where, you know, my, my community is, you know, not really represented. And um, so I was like chief brand development officer, you know, (laughs) and, and my business partner was like, you're the chief brand development queen. And I'm just like, I mean, so to say, yeah, sure. I mean, I've always (laughs) felt, you know, somewhat Royal, but um. (laughs) as you know, all women do. And, uh, but yeah, he was like, that's it. And before I really even had time to debate this, like the business cards had already been printed, mailed, and that was it. Signed, still delivered. I was the chief brand development queen. I, uh, my, the last time I was promoted, they told me just to pick what I wanted my title to be. And like, I just, I I couldn't come up with anything. Like, well, actually I came up with a bunch of like just (laughs) stupid, grandiose things. I was like, but if I actually want my title to help me, like in my further my career, I need to just pick something boring that's like kind of stepping up. So I didn't, I didn't come up with anything cool. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. So now maybe I, mean, I, I feel now I feel like I should rethink that and then go back and like look. This is what this is what I want to be from now on. <laughs> exactly. Put it out there. Make it reality. Right? Isn't that what they say? Yeah. Like thoughts are have physical effect on the universe. So how long has uh, St. Luna been around? Um, so my business partner, um, David Sook, is the founder, CEO of St. Luna Spirits. And he started this company back in 2019. Okay. Um, really good so, timing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was interesting, you know, because he was a one-man band. Um, you know, it was just him. And he was just like humping this stuff around, you know, New York City, like hitting up his friends that were in the hospitality industry. Uh, Somehow, uh, you know, I guess him having more retail uh, background as far as like his uh, corporate um, business history. uh, He knew people in the retail world and we became somehow the first uh, spirit brand to ever be carried at Bergdorf Goodman the high-end department store here in New York city. So yeah, that was good. I know. I know. I mean, it's something to put on, you know, the old, the old resume, but yeah, that's a a little fun factoid. Um, And then he just like carried on by himself and, and uh, until he met me. Now is there, there, there's not like a, um, a distillery, right? You contract distill. 
Is that correct? Yes, we do contract. Yeah. So um, we're 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 just in the middle. We were with um, one distillery in North Carolina, and then the pandemic hit. And I, I guess a lot of other people, you know, got it in their head that they wanted to make booze as well, you know. And uh, so this distillery was on like almost like a two year backlog of companies that wanted to do uh, distillate runs. And uh, they upped their costs like 35%. They wanted oh, wow. to charge us five bucks a bottle just to put a label on. And, you know, this is, you know, for for such a small business. And we don't have investors. You know, it's just us. We're just this ragtag little A-team of people, you know, trying to get this done. Um, so our, our master distiller and the gentleman who created it, uh, Scott Smith, um, lives in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And so we tasked him to find our next distillery and he found Brushy Mountain in Chattanooga. And so we have not done our next run yet, but uh, we're getting ready to do a pilot run or, you know, like the initial kind of like testing for how it's going to be, you know, in that new still, that yeah. new distillery, making sure that the recipe is still, you know, the same and it tastes the same and all, you know, everything is on point. And then you make your big order. Um, did so, yeah. he, uh, do you know, did he have to do a lot of work with changing the recipe to adapt to having it done at a different location? Cause that like, it seems to be one thing I've learned once I started uh, delving more into distilleries and spirits is that like the different types of stills, have a tremendous effect on the output. Yeah, it's it's interesting with our product. From what I've been told, and the lore is, you know, is that um, so how? We're, well, let me preface this: the first distillery we we're using did a seventeen plate repeating column still. Okay. Um, when it was first created, it was created in a in a pot still. Um, like most moonshine, it was made, you know, on a farm. In, in in Georgia, um, unbeknownst to the to the authorities, <laughs> so <laughs> if we 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 come by the name Moonshine, you know, respectively, like we we started out as Moonshine. Um, so Scott said, and Scott is an organic chemist and is a brilliant mind, and he said that when he tasted it off the column still. Um, as opposed to another pot still, because they gave him the option at the distillery to change. And he was just like, well, let's try it on the column still, because that way we can make much bigger, yeah, you know, distillate runs. And um, yeah, it's faster so and more efficient, cheaper to exactly. pump it out through and, there. Yeah. And he said that it tasted exactly the same. Like it kept all of its integrity coming off the repeating column still as it did coming out of a copper still. Um or a pot still. So I don't know what I, I have. I can only imagine that we're going to be switching, you know, when we switch to this new distillery, that'll probably be another repeating column still. Um, I have yet to see it or I don't really, I haven't been much involved with that area. So <laughs> to say. I've been too busy running around New York city trying, you know, to open accounts. So your background is in hospitality, correct? Oh yes, like, and, I am, and many, many other things. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a certain skill yeah. set, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is that what da David's background is too, or is he? 
His no, completely opposite. He comes from sales and business, like corporate. Um, okay. He started off. I think he was he he worked sales for the Economist, and then he uh, teamed up with a friend of his, and they started a high end baby product company called Aiden and Anae. I think I've heard of that. Yeah, they do like high end like muslin swaddling blankets. Yeah, I think baby I've... lotions and soaps and stuff like that, like cute little jumpers. <laughs> you know, and and it's so funny because David's a fabulous gay man and it built this like baby product company from the ground up. So <laughs> his 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 background is definitely sales and entrepreneurial, you okay. know, endeavors. So who who developed the 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 what is now um saint luna moonshine that that... would be scott smith that's our our distiller he um he's he's one of those like renaissance men brilliant mind like you know he's a chemical you know he's an organic chemist and you know runs a lab doing um organic creating you know or um all natural and organic like lotions and you know, soaps and stuff like that for larger companies, you know, so he keeps it organic. He, you know, they say they want like a, we need a a hand sanitizer that smells like cucumber and sea salt. And then he gets in his little lab and like creates, you know, these specific, you know, scents, aromas, whatever you want to call it, and then creates their lotions and stuff. Um, But he's also like a welder, uh, you know, carpenter. He's just one of those damn people that can do everything. I know, plays rugby. <laughs> he's a cyclist. Like, I mean, he's just an, an an amazing father. He's you know, girl dad of two. So he's annoying. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. <laughs> just like he is, he is, he is that guy. And, and just like him and his wife Paige are just like two of the most beautiful people. I love their daughters. A they couple are, of my good like my friends nieces. are like that. I'm like, damn, why do you, why do you have to show me up at everything? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm just like, I mean. Well, I, yeah, compared to what I can do, they better watch out. So <laughs> <laughs> I know I have the end game. Um, but yeah, he's a he's just this amazing person. And since he was in college, you know, and he's he's like I think he's like 50. So about my age and uh, also a Marylander grew up outside okay. of Annapolis. Like so they're, they're another, a different uh, breed of Marylanders, though. Yeah, out, the out Eastern there. Shore in Southern <laughs> Maryland is uh, yeah, he's 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 interesting though. He grew up near Annapolis, so he's you know somewhat civilized. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, he uh, yeah, just he's been he's been toying around with you know distillates since he was in college. You know, he was like one of those people, like organic chemist, good with his hands. Like I'm gonna make illegal booze for all my friends, you <laughs> yeah. know. And <laughs> so I'm sure he was actually quite popular. Um, but yeah, he worked on this formula for like 15 years, like making it, you know, most people, when you think of moonshine, I think a lot of people have preconceived notions, you know, first off, it's probably some, you know, crazy hillbilly up in the woods in the middle of the night, you know, with some of this, you know, well, that's, I mean, that's what the discovery channel taught us. (laughs) I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, I think like you know, common lore taught us. And then they just tried to like make that ingrained in our heads, you know, as to what a moonshiner is or what moonshine itself is. And, um, you know, most people think it's like corn liquor or it's like unaged white dog whiskey, 
you know, that is just grain alcohol. Um, but, you know, I always describe moonshine as, you know, it's, it's, it's like jazz. It's this purely American heritage spirit. You know, you get rums from the Caribbean and the French. You get, you know, whiskeys from the UK, agaves from south of the border. So <clears throat> there's, um, you know, other than like, I would guess Applejack, you know, moonshine is the only real American, you know, spirit. And um, the beauty of it, like I said, it's, I describe it like jazz because it's like this uh, free form, you know, art that is at the will of the artist. And if you have like a bumper crop of peaches, you're making peach moonshine. You know, you got elderberries, you're making elderberry moonshine. You got a lot of corn. Yeah, I mean, it's basically whatever you can stick in your mash bill and ferment and then run into a, a you know, a still that's moonshine. As long as the government doesn't have their fingers in the in the cookie jar, you know, <laughs> try to get yours, then it's moonshine. That's a, this is the first time I'm actually looking looking at the bottle. It's strong. <clears throat> it see, yeah. And mo- <laughs> molasses and rye. That's interesting. Actually, I haven't had a chance to try it yet, so I'm going to I'm going to take a sip now. <gasps> as you should. As um, you should. So how did the three of you end up uh, meeting and going into business together? Because it it seems like you're in very different parts of the world, both physically and (laughs) uh, spiritually. Yeah. (laughs) It's an interesting uh, origin story. You know, like I said, with David... Um, running this uh, high-end baby blanket, you know, baby product company. Um, It had been bought out by a third-party investment company and the whole corporate culture changed, you know. Um, So David was like, he said, he's like, if I had to to go into work one more day, I would have driven my car through the damn building. (laughs) You know, he just, he was over it. He hated it. He had um, his money. (laughs) He had his money. Yeah, exactly. He was like, that's it. So he, I guess he, from what I've gathered, the story is he threw a big family Thanksgiving at his house and, you know, everybody's sitting around and he was saying how he wanted to start another company and he didn't really know what to do. And one of his like snarky aunts was like, well, why don't you do what you're good at as Dave is taking a big old sip of wine? And he was like, well, screw you. He's just like, you know what? Maybe I will, you know? And he was just like, you know, thinking about starting a liquor company. I think that and he he toyed around with like edibles at some point in time. But um He may have made the wrong choice because there's definitely a lot of money in that now. Oh my god, it's like the next gold rush. Um so it's very different um nose than any other kind of moonshine or even white whiskeys that I've smelled. Oh yes. Like I said, we're not, you know, there's no corn. There's um, you know, there's no wheat. Uh it's just five percent rye in the mash bill. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, 
and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. That's really good. Like I, I, I would have expected this to need to be like a cocktail drink. No, but you it's can a, actually it's a sipper. Yeah, it's I, definitely um, a sipper. It's really good. It's definitely a sipper, and it that is a dang like it doesn't even burn. That is a dangerous hundred proof <laughs> liquor. <laughs> I'm glad you like, think so. We're a dangerous group of people. Because <laughs> like hey, you know, normally. I, Anything above 90 proof, like I feel it burning the entire way down on the first sip. This like went down way more smoothly than than usual. Yeah, our motto is, wow, that's actually really good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it actually really is. Well, no, it's just like in my experience, like uh, most white whiskeys or moonshines aren't pleasant. (laughs) <laughs> like, like just by themselves like you, you really need no. to cut them with at the very least ice <laughs> right the, exactly I, it, it's interesting when i go out and taste people you know certain people have certain reactions to it you know when i say moonshine like i think people like once again you get this preconceived notion that it's gonna like you know melt your face you know the vapors are gonna peel the paint off yeah. the walls like wow it's gonna be so strong you know and then so they taste it with this preconceived idea of, you know and a lot sometimes it'd be like oh wow that's really strong and i'm just like well if i would have told you you know if i would have given you a warm glass of vodka <laughs> it probably would have had the exact same effect like you're drinking you know room temperature high proof spirits you know so it's gonna it's gonna have a burn to it but when I talk to people, you know, like buyers, beverage directors, bar managers, head bartenders, whoever, and I'm just like, especially here in New York, I'm like, when you, when somebody asks for a rye whiskey, usually their first pour, you know, their first grab is going to be that Rittenhouse, which is a hundred proof bonded whiskey, you know? So it's, it's really, when you think about it, like between 80 and a hundred proof is you can't really tell that much of a difference. Um, I, I, I usually tell people like sip it neat. And then put a little bit of ice in it. You know, even when you're tasting like the most beautiful scotches in the world, you know, the proper way to taste the scotch is with a little bit of uh, distilled water. That's that's really good. Right. Um, so is, is it now I need I really need to follow the some of the cocktail uh, instructions because I feel like it'll really shine then. Oh, yeah. We have beautiful cocktails. And the great thing about it is, is that um, with it being 95% molasses, you know, it does great tropical drinks, you know, like daiquiris, mules, pina coladas, margaritas, like anything bright and citrusy and fun and fruity and summery. It just like kills it. 
And then because like it has that little bit of rye in it, and it's also just such a, a well-crafted spirit. I mean, at the end of the day, like the quality of the juice is phenomenal that you can make a Negroni, a Boulevardier. Um, I did a, you know, a classic Martinez with a split base St. Luna, you know, sweet vermouth with a spoonful of Luxardo and orange bitters that was light and bright. And you, you, you can't, you know, it's hard people like have a hard time believing that I'm like, yeah, I'm peddling moonshine. They're just like, (laughs) is that, is that a hard sell in New York? That seems like that. It's a hard sell anywhere, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I like, I think like, uh, maybe like West Virginia. (laughs) selling. That's the thing, you know, you would think, you know, it's just like here in New York, like people are like, Oh, moonshine you know like that's something you wouldn't normally see around here but i look at it, it's like we take it down south it's like bringing sand to the beach yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like they already like people are just like oh man i can buy mason jars of moonshine at the gas station you know it's like my neighbor makes moonshine you know my, 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 my uncle makes moonshine up at camp you know so it's it's an interesting you know dichotomy you know like i've never done sales before but i, I i've caught on real quick <laughs> you know it's just like know your audience, read the room, yeah. you know, like what's, what's going to sell it. You know, it's, you know, some places, you know, like here in New York city, it's easy for me to be like, yeah, we're the only gay and transgender owned liquor company out there. And people are like, Oh wow. Yeah. We really want to support the cause of community. Yeah. You know, it's like I go down South, throw in some like, charisma and then the deal's done. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Sprinkle some glitter on that yeah. shit and I'm out. <laughs> you know, so, but I'm, you know, I'm I go betting down south b- like and, what you were about to say that down South, that probably doesn't work quite as well. <laughs> yeah. That is like, yeah, we're a women and veteran owned business, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you don't like it. Well, yeah. well, well so, you don't support the troops back. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. What are you not a patriot? What are you? <laughs> so. And then that gets them, but um, that is funny yeah. how like you can you can <laughs> you can, just a couple changes of words you can completely ch- <laughs> adjust yeah, your I'm sales selling a pitch. new product, yeah. a new pitch, a new person, all and together. being completely honest in both ways. <laughs> exactly, like I said, you just gotta you know read the room. <laughs> so. so I think the I the combination of using molasses and rye really gives a cool result i don't think i've had anything any type of spirit that used those two things as the fermentables it's interesting you know because i i didn't i'd never really seen it before either and last year i went to uh you know, there's, like, of course, like, you know, alcohol conventions, just like there is conventions for any other industry. And um, <clears throat> here in New York, we have a big one called um, Bar Convent Brooklyn, BCB. And, you know, I, I I went around, you know, checking out the different booths and all the different alcohol companies and spirit brands and all that stuff, you know, trying to get a, a grip on what, you know, competition is and peers and stuff like that. And actually came across a place that was rum and rye these people had a brand are you rum t- and rye. okay are you so are you familiar with lion distilling uh saint michael lion. i don't know lion i they're, think this one was called hercules they're they're mainly rum and i and it just popped into my mind what it's making me think of and something like their product that i love they have a rock and rye and it's oh, yeah. it's it's a combination of their their uh rum and their rye whiskey 
Oh, see, there you go. So it's interesting, you know, like, but I don't, you know, it's, it's usually like rum with, I, I, I honestly, I haven't even tried the first piece, so <laughs> I feel bad, <laughs> you know, like, I, I do not know. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, like I said, that's the beauty about moonshine, you know, it's just like, you can get these weird combinations, you know, you can get like plum and corn, like, yeah. I mean, who would put those things together but yeah there's not? no legal yeah. definition you can do whatever the hell you want <laughs> moonshine yeah, yeah it's in there's there lies the magic <laughs> you know it's just like our you know my challenges i have i have a few challenges when i go into a bar you know to sell my product and one of them is you know convincing them to love moonshine you know because like 10 12 years ago moonshine became very trendy yeah uh, but instead of taking like a quality craft approach to it, did you, know, you ever watch that like, show? Like, this on, I've on seen Discovery bits and pieces. Oh, it was so amazing! No, I don't want it to taint me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I, I think people's perception have completely changed now of uh, of what moonshine is. But that uh, oh yeah, that that show was fantastic. <laughs> There's some fun stuff. Like I saw them try to make like chartreuse. Like I've seen them try to make scotch whiskeys, um, you know, so, or absinthe. Um, so it's interesting how, you know, the industries have like fed off each other, you know, how moonshiners are adapting to a more modern, you know, cocktail bar, you know, it's like, because yeah. like I said, 10, 12 years ago, moonshine could have gone that way. It could have, followed the same trend as bars and gone crafty cocktails, but it op it opted for gimmicky and, you know, Mason jars full party. Of, yeah. Like just pickles fruit dump. Or, yeah. Yeah. With really cheap grain alcohol, you know, it's like ever clear with like apple pie filling, you know, out of a can. <laughs> so, and you know, then it's like, it, it became like, you know, the gimmicky beverage for bachelorette parties in, in Nashville, you know, and, that's you know that's what we're fighting against and you know so not only am i trying to sell you know moonshine to these like craft cocktail bars you know that are like looking at me like i'm crazy but i also have to like we're forging our own path and creating a whole new spirit category in upscale premium moonshine so it and i de i definitely in in my eyes would describe this as almost like a rum whiskey hybrid in yeah is that kind of, when you're crafting cocktails is, is that can you approach it from either way like a rum focused cocktail or a a whiskey focused oh, yeah. cocktail or or i mean actually yeah. it, like the the flavor of it seems like it would lend for using it for absolutely anything it, it's it really is like uh, uh, so when I met David, I was the beverage director and general manager for three high-end cocktail bars here in New York City. And he came into my bar, which was um, a, a modern rum tiki-esque bar. And one of the top like tiki bars in the country. I want to open a tiki bar so bad in Frederick. Oh, I mean, they are catching on. Yeah. They're very popular these days. If you ever need help making a menu, I got you. <laughs> um, I know tiki. Uh, but I was like, I had a whiskey, an American whiskey bar on the second floor, this modern tiki rum bar on the, on the ground floor and an Amaro bar in the back. 
And it was a Sunday. I had a swing band upstairs with swing dancers at the whiskey bar for Sazerac Sunday. Downstairs, I was running a charity event called Doom Tiki, which was guest tiki bartenders and death metal. Um, and, and <laughs> That's just, an interesting fusion. <laughs> it, it, it works. It's, uh, oddly enough, no, it, it did pretty, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, so David... Uh, my partner was brought in by a mutual friend of ours, this one woman named Chalky Tom, who's just like this brilliant mind and, and amazing personality and, and big in the tiki world. And she brought David in to meet me, you know, so he could sell me. And he was like trying to soft sell me, but it was so crazy busy, like between the swing dancers, the tiki people, <laughs> death metal, the Amaro. Like, I mean, my, I was like the only manager, you know, my head's on a swivel. I'm just like, I love your stuff. Give me your card. Let's talk. This is February 2020. <laughs> so you can, you know, you can see what's going to happen next. <laughs> Bam. World went to shit. Everybody's locked inside <laughs> like animals, you know? So it's like halfway through quarantine. It's like probably May, June. And David hit, randomly hits me up. He's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, who the hell is this? <laughs> like, what is going on? He's just like, I'm, I'm David, the moonshine guy. I'm like, oh. Yeah, okay, yeah, I remember you. And he's like, listen, he's just like, I live near Central Park. He's like, I'm bored to tears. He's <laughs> just like, I have two dogs. Do you want to come hang out with me in Central Park just to get out, do something? I'm like, absolutely, sure. So go, we hang out. You know, we become, you know, quite fast friends. And I was doing, you know, styling cocktails for him for photo shoots and stuff like that. And that was that. And then... 2021 rolls around i thought i was going back to work at at these you know the bars that i was running and then the owner called me up and was like sorry aubrey but these are not opening you know we've decided to close them both down so i went from really not wanting to go back to work because i was like on that fun employment kick yeah that everybody was on i was just like yeah i, I feel horrible saying this you know but I, I had a lot of fun during quarantine like i was out in the park like hiking and you know, playing catch you know, with my boyfriend and, you know, just like going on little adventures and, you know, so I had a blast. <laughs> and so I was like trying to get my head wrapped around work. And then it was like, I went from not wanting to go to work to not having work to go back to. And I was like, shit. And I was like, this is a whole. So does that suddenly wax. make you want to work? Like I feel. Like, I kind of did. Yeah, it was I, just a like, pure fear. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like the second I, it wasn't my option. Like it wasn't my decision to not work. That would suddenly like feel like I absolutely had to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just like, Oh no. Oh, oh man. Okay. Well, this is different. So then the owner of the former places calls me up. He's like, Aubrey, you know, I love you. You know, I'm going to take care of you, you know, wherever we, you know, I will find a spot for you. And so he was opening up a brand new tequila mezcal bar in the East village and needed help opening it up. You know, it was like, I went in there and I was like, I had to organize like cleaning projects. Like the place was huge. I had to, I literally like redesigned and rebuilt the entire bar, you know, so, cause it went from one bartender to two bartenders, like had to help, you know, I created the whole back bar, did all the order, opened all the accounts, hired the staff, trained the staff. I did all this stuff, like basically built this little restaurant. And um, then David's like, Hey, <laughs> would you like to uh, go on a sales trip with me to Pittsburgh knowing, you know, that I'm from, originally from Pittsburgh and that I went from San Francisco to 
Pittsburgh to help my mother take care of my grandfather. So I was there for three years in between San Francisco and New York. Now, I will argue that I don't know that you can legitimately say you're from Pittsburgh. It's a little far outside of the city. It's the burbs. My my (laughs) wife grew up probably like the same distance from Pittsburgh, and she tries to claim she's from Pittsburgh, too. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh-esque. Listen, I'm originally from... It's like anything (laughs) within 100 miles of Pittsburgh. I feel like if you're in Pennsylvania, you just claim you're from Pittsburgh. (laughs) I mean, mean, I I actually, you know, it's like... No, not really. I mean, I do come from the one little teeny tiny town that has some clout because I come from the same town as Joe Namath. <laughs> you know, so so people know somehow about Beaver Falls. Other than Joe Namath, we have Mr. Belvedere, the TV show from the yes. 80s, which somehow was supposed to be filmed in, Pitts, in Beaver Falls. But um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm from Beaver County, proud Beaver Beaver girl. <laughs> But, um, I, you know, I worked in, the, in restaurants and bars in, in this, you know, brief three-year period. So I went, I went on this sales trip with him. And we opened up a bunch of accounts in like two days. So we're sitting at, um, as somebody from Pittsburgh, you probably know this place, Ritter's Diner. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> yes. I, it's I like definitely... the famous. It used to be 24 hours. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, great for, uh, you know, drunk three o'clock in the morning breakfast. But uh so we're having breakfast at the counter, getting ready to drive back to New York. And uh, he's like, hey, he's just like, you know, I want you to be part of the team and offered me partnership in St. Luna. Meanwhile, you know, I'm supposed to be the general manager and opening up this brand new tequila mezcal <laughs> bar. And I'm just like, oh, my God, why? Why? I'm not good at this kind of stuff. Like, shit. So I had to do some soul searching and then. I had to tell my boss, like, hey, I know we're opening this restaurant in two weeks, but I think I got to go. <laughs> so, but he, he loved me, gave me his blessings, and, you know, I wish you the best. And here we are. So, <clears throat> it, it, are there plans to do any other products, or are you guys going to focus on just the St. Luna Moonshine right now? Great beer starts with great ingredients. At Havoc Brewing Supply, they offer a wide selection of premium hops, fruit purees, malt, cleaning supplies, and more. Their family-owned business is dedicated to helping you create the perfect beer. Havoc offers flexible contracts, lightning-fast shipping, and unrivaled customer service. Join the Havoc Brewing Supply family and elevate your brewing game. Shop small, brew big, grow together. Visit HavocBrewingSupply.com today to learn more. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. Um, this is our, as David calls it, our hero product. This is it for right now. Okay. Um, you know, I think, you know, we all have ideas of how we would like to develop um, St. Luna 
for me being in the industry for as long as I have, you know, and being a sommelier and all this other stuff, um, I would like to take it the same route as like, say, a fine scotch, um, you know, maybe age it in a Madeira barrel, a sherry barrel, you know, try and pull out some of the, those notes um, or take that 5% rye that we have in our mash bill and smoke it and bring out the smoky notes in the spirit because we already charcoal filter it, you know, and a lot of people think that when you charcoal filter a spirit, it's to remove impurities, but it's not like it's a distillate. It comes out pure. There's no gluten and mist. There's no, <laughs> you know, I had somebody ask me like, how many bricks do we distill our stuff down to? And this comes, you know, full circle down to like what you mentioned before, all these people watching you know, moonshiners on Discovery Channel. You know, a lot of those people are talking out their ass and really don't know, you know, like the science behind it. They know how to make it, yeah. you know, but, you know, there's no bricks in a spirit because bricks is the measurable um, solid sugar. There's nothing solid in a vapor, you know. So what I'd like to do, so when you take your spirit, you know, and it recondenses and becomes spirit in the bottle and it's liquid. And then, so there's not too many impurities, you know, you cut out the heads and the tails and you have the heart of the spirit and it's pretty, pretty pure. So what we do is you then pour it through the charcoal and that just imparts another layer of flavor. So it gives it a hint of smoke, you know, that adds to that spiciness of the rye, which complements that brown sugar, caramel, vanilla aspects of the molasses. So I would like to smoke the rye, see how that, see how that turns out. Cause I already consider our stuff. I, I always compare it to like an alcoholic marshmallow. So who wouldn't want a little campfire to go with the marshmallow? Where did the name St. Luna come from? Um, well, so it's moonshine. So moon and Luna, we wanted to, to be a premium spirit. So in order to elevate it, um, I think long story short, I think it was a marketing company that <laughs> came up with the who came up with the name and the label, and they did a phenomenal job. Everybody's just like, "Oh wow, Saint Luna!" You know, and, and and my business partner David's like, you know, reads his tarot cards. He's yeah. you know, like a, a shaman and you know, very spiritual. So I think that whole ethereal aspect just like really hit home with him, and he was like, "Yes." St. Luna. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are at one with the universe. I, I mean, uh, you you laughed when saying it was a marketing team that came up with it, but I, I recently had on um, a guy who is a marketing guy that like, his, like was behind telling the story of Hendrix Gin, behind uh, revitalizing other huge brands. So, like, uh, I think it's perfectly reasonable for a spirit company to get its story from a marketing company. <laughs> yeah. At least, you know, it, it, it was a good, you know, launch point, Yeah, yeah. you know, for us, it's like the juice is beautiful. You know, the, the team is amazing. You know, it's just like, we just needed that little extra, oomph, you know, creating a title, you know, a name and, and, and a label. So I think I'm pretty sure, um, <laughs> not hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure that's how it came about. I, I, I think it was a marketing team. <laughs> so let, let's touch, um, a little bit more on your story then. So how it, it seems like a very winding road 
to get to where you are. You started out as a D1 athlete, become a Marine. Then I think there was something else in there too, right? And then like going into hospitality or like how... How did no, it how was did like you... straight from the madness oh, okay. of the military into hospitality? <laughs> I think I was just like, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do with my life. You know, I was just uh, as weird as you could be coming out of that kind of situation, you know. And and uh, um, I had a friend who was just like, yeah, I got this uh, bartending gig um, in Jamaica. <laughs> and I was like. Sign me up. So I was just like, so I just your first to get away bartending job was in Jamaica. Well, I mean, I had bartended before, like in okay. college and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So you know, like I came back and I was just like, yeah, this sounds like fun. Yeah, I'll, you know, I was all still all buff, looking good and fit, and I was like, yeah, I'll go to Jamaica <laughs> bartending. You know, it was at a place called Hedonism. So oh, like geez, a, <laughs> yeah. So so that was an interesting, uh, interesting few months. And then I came back and, you know, just like started looking for jobs in hospitality and, you know, and I, I was basically just waiting tables, bartending, you know, back in the day, like, especially in DC, you know, as, as a server, you made like two seventy five an hour because you were a tipped employee. So, yeah. you know, a lot of times I got, you know, checks at the end of the week that said, void, this is not a check because your taxes were more oh, than your pay yeah you know so a lot of people in the service industry were screwed every year because like they weren't saving up to pay taxes you know at the end and they always owed so i found out you know quickly that bartenders were always making almost twice as much you know they were getting like five bucks an hour you know it's like woo, five dollars yeah but because of that base pay, I was able to cover taxes. And I was like, yeah, this is the route. Because <laughs> like, I am not responsible enough I would, to make I would, sure I have that bumper. Betting, too, depending on where at, like, bartenders are probably tipped better than wait staff. Yeah, and it's a, it's a whole different dynamic. Like, people want to be at the bar. Yeah. They want to engage with you as the bartender. You know, I, I, as a server, they're just like... You know, they're just like, you know, give me my food, take my order, get away, yeah. you know, and, 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 that, and that's fine. And, yeah. you know, as a server, that's that's perfect because in that situation, you can walk away. When you're a bartender, you're basically like a caged tiger, just like pacing back and forth, you know, <laughs> yeah. at the will of the people staring at you, you know, until you're just like, until you get fed up and you're just like, you're cut off, get out. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I think it was that, you know, that authority was like, yeah, I like this. <laughs> so, when um at what what point uh would you say you went or or would at any point do you consider yourself a mixologist oh that's the question huh man boy that's a that's always that word mixologist yeah it it seems to have almost become like uh um i can't think yeah, I, yeah, like I'm trying to, I kind of trying to come up with like, like the right uh, description I want to use, but we'll just, yeah, we'll use a curse word at this point or like a something condescend, like almost a condescending. I, I think so. I, I, you know, almost like I mean, influencer. This, it's like it's almost yes. carries the kind of <laughs> same connotation because I've only recently started like seeing memes like like making fun of the pretentious mixologist. <laughs> Oh my God, that's been going on for a while yeah. now. I, I I think it's the contrast between the people who started, you know, the whole craft cocktail scene, yeah. who were just, you know, 
throughout the 90s, we were just bartenders. We slung booze for a living, <laughs> you know, and that's just how we looked at ourselves. We were bartenders. Um, and then when, when that trend happened, you know, and the bartenders moved into this more, you know, less daily sour mix, roses, lime juice, like all the prefabricated, you know, bug juice that you would get in big plastic jugs like margarita mix and started using fresh ingredients. And, and I'm pretty sure like this all kind of coincided at the same time as the mojito. (laughs) Like, it's like, I remember the mojito hitting, you know, the, the bar world, like a sledgehammer. It was just like, everybody wanted a mojito, (laughs) you know, but it's like there's a difference between using a mojito with like mint syrup that you would buy in a bottle and making, you know, between using fresh mint and making your own simple syrup and fresh lime juice. You know, it's like all of a sudden it was just like, wow, like it's just like, it, how did it, how, how, how did we escape this for so long, you yeah. know? And so I started working, um, I met this gentleman by the name of Dale DeGroff, who is just like a god in the bartending world and learned so much from him. He was like my first, like, well, I guess my second mentor, you know, but really like opened my eyes to what was out there. You know, it's like I had worked at bars before where the back bar was just like amazing. You know, every Amaro, every vermouth, every modifier, but no one knew what the hell they were and no one was asking for them. Yeah. You know, it's like no one was asking for Punti Mace or, you know, like, you know, different types of weird rums. You know, it was uh, it was all pretty basic stuff. Like I knew how to make like, you know, screwdrivers and, you know, you knew how to make like sex on the beach and all all the litany of, of you know, the stupid shooters that were out there, like broke down golf carts, sex with an alligator, brain hemorrhage, cement mixers, <laughs> liquid asphalt. I mean, all that stuff. And it went to more, you know, like, you know, fresh cocktails that were, you know, classic inspired sidecars, Manhattans, you know, and then the martini craze kind of hit. Everybody wanted martinis, flirtinis, French martinis, apple teenies, you know, you name it. Everything went in the martini glass, you know, and that was kind of like the next progression. So with that, you know. We saw all these things, you know, from like my generation. We're just like, we saw all this progression. We were the ones who like championed this whole new craft movement, you know, but we were still just bartenders, you know. So everybody who came after that, like these younger, you know, the younger folk, you know, who did not have that transition, didn't know the previous, like, you know, artificially preserved hell we came from, you know, like. <laughs> You know, all of a sudden, like this term mixology came into play and was like adapted by everybody young. And you're just like, you know, the older people are just like, oh, my God, kid, you know, like 80 percent of bartending is like cleaning. You know, (laughs) it's like shit gets sticky. Everything's made of sugar, everything, the booze, the syrups. I mean, you name it. So it's like it's not as glamorous as one would think. Like you want a a great bar, that bar better be spotless, you know, or else you've got a whole like aerial acrobatic team of fruit flies. (laughs) So no to you being a mixologist. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That was a really long, really long route to get to like, uh, no. So you're, you're a bartender (laughs) that evolved into making uh, fresh cocktails. 
Yeah, I think bartender is the overall encompassing term yeah. for somebody who works behind a bar. <laughs> you know, because like mixology is the science of mixing, you know, spirits. Um, while bartending is so another one of my mentors, Souther Teague, amazing man. I mean, just a, a hospitality legend. You know, he said to me one day, he's just like, listen, he's like, at the end of the day, when you when you go to a bar or restaurant, what they are serving up is hospitality. First and foremost, booze, drinks, food, all that other stuff is just ingredients into hospitality. You know, so when you're a bartender, hospitality is at the first and foremost. You know, you're the face. You're the culture. You are the bringer of fun. You are the cleaner. You're the one responsible for money. You know, there is so much involved in being a bartender. And that's why everybody wants to be it. Because it has that level of distinction that other positions in on the floor don't have. You know, the added responsibility of providing that service, yeah. of watching the money, of controlling expensive product, you know, because food. Being the, you know, the therapist. I mean, amongst, <laughs> amongst many things, yeah. Therapist, uh, referee, and, you know, MMA match. Like, I, 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 I've seen it all, you know, grief counselor. Like, it's just a, a litany of things that come along with being a bartender. You know, mixology is just one of them. But it's just like, you could be like a master mixologist working for, you know, the, the top cocktail bar in the world and you're infusing and your molecular gastronomy and, and you're doing all this stuff, but you still get, you know, one to $2 a drink. Meanwhile, like some hot young girls, you know, down the street at a dive bar pouring beers and shots is making twice as much money as you serving Miller high lives. <laughs> Hell yeah. Miller high life B, you know? So it's just like, you know, but she's still a bartender, you know, yeah. and, and, and just as important, you know, cause as a mixologist, when I get out of work, I want a high life and a beam. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the big uh, distinction, you know, between it, like mixology is just the art of, you know, mixing spirits and cocktails, you know, and that's just a small, small part of what a bartender does. What is um, your favorite cocktail to make with St. Luna? Oh, with St. Luna. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just drink it on the rocks, man. Like it just <laughs> I, I love this stuff so much. Like, here's what I Which I, I'm I, glad I did taste it just a little bit ago because in my mind I would have said been thinking like, Oh yeah, that's a nice marketing answer. I don't believe you. Uh, but after <laughs> tasting it, I do I do believe it. That is I I'm I I really enjoy this stuff. I love that. Thank you so much. The cool thing is, okay, so with right now, you know, there's always a dietary enemy. It's either starches, yeah, you know, bread or fat or something. Now it's sugar. And so you see like skinny girl wines. I want a skinny margarita. I want a skinny this. You know, with our product being like just mostly molasses, it has a sweetness all on its own. So what I, I always call it the skinny old fashioned, where I'll just pour St. Luna glass, a couple dashes of Angostura bitters, a couple dashes of orange bitters, put in a, a big, nice rock, you know, spin it around, express a nice citrus peel over the top, lemon, orange, both. 
And basically, it drinks like an old fashioned, but without the sugar syrup. So I'm gonna that. try that because that that is my drink of choice. At least the I last love few an old months. Fashioned. Well, I found as um, as I become an old man, I've become obsessed with sleep. <laughs> and whatever oh, you're preaching to the choir, <laughs> whatever I have to do to get a good night's sleep. And if I drink a beer, I sleep like crap. Like all, especially an IPA, I can I will toss and turn all night long. I don't know why. I can't find any like logical reason for it. But if I drink an old fashioned one, I'm out cold all night long and I sleep great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so that is at, all I've been drinking at night lately. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I love an old fashioned. Like, you know, I was running an American whiskey bar, you know, rye and bourbon old fashions are just like, I mean, and there's something to be said about, you know, actually receiving a good one, you know, yeah. because it's, it's amazing how quick something with only three ingredients can go so, so, I, um, so wrong. I was at a concert Sunday night and my wife had got us the sweet experience tickets and it, it was uh, the Ooh. flogging molly concert at uh, the casino in maryland okay and i so it came with two drink tickets and like i went to the bar and i i ordered an old-fashioned i fully expected it to be like choking it back especially because i don't i don't think i've ever been somewhere ordered an old-fashioned and they made it muddled like i i I, that's old school yeah i had never i had never seen that so i'm like oh this is not gonna be good (laughs) and it was actually (laughs) they were they were fantastic it's that you know what there's something to be said about that old school like where you take the the orange slice yeah the maraschino cherry you know the sugar cube a bunch of eggs okay so they did they had they had they had made uh simple syrup so they didn't it it didn't go that far but it was uh orange slice a lemon slice uh the i guess what's that do you say the bitters are Angostura? Yeah, that's it. Angostura. Uh, Ango. I can only say it if I've heard it first. <laughs> uh, I say Ango. Bitters. Uh, put the simple syrup in, put the maraschino cherries in, and then muddled it. And oh, wow. and then... Did they shake poured... it? Yes. Yeah. God damn right they and did. Then... <laughs> right. Uh, and then it was just with bullet bourbon, and it was absolutely Yummy. fantastic. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I mean, that's just how we did it back in the day. That was like, that was a standard old fashioned. And it was like, you could ask, like, you get to ask the guests, like, do you want it with or without the garbage? You know, because (laughs) then you could just like strain that weird muddle concoction just over fresh ice. And people didn't want like that mashed orange peel, you (laughs) know, that was in there and all the pulp and the (laughs) the cherry floating around (laughs) the man. I love that. You know, I miss it. (laughs) Nostalgia. So I I am definitely, um, as soon as I have time, I'm definitely making an old fashioned with this. Yeah, you definitely should. It also makes a phenomenal. I like, you know, probably a daiquiri would be my 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 favorite okay. cocktail, like standard cocktail to make with that. You know, it's like part of my job as the chief brand development queen is to come up with cocktails for this stuff. And it's yeah. like, you know, for me and my background being a mixologist, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, just, uh, it's a dirty you know, word. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like 
I want to make like a clarified milk punch. And, you know, I want to, you know, make gum syrup with gum Arabic powder, you know, and make shrubs and infuse and all this other stuff. And it's like, that's really fun because, you know, when I'm trying to showcase this to people who are running top cocktail programs, you know, especially here in New York City, it's just like we need to be able to show that aspect of our product, okay. that it is capable of, you know, being used in these amazing, like more gastromolecular cocktail expressions. Um, but then also, you know, if I'm saying I'm making an Instagram video for like, you know, Rachel at home, you know, the home bartender, it's just like, I have to come up with something fun, simple, easily replicated, you know, and I think a daiquiri does that, you know, it's basically a margarita with rum, you know, so you can have fun with that, like add a little peach liqueur and have a peach daiquiri, do a classic Hemingway with a little, you know, maraschino and some grapefruit juice. Um, so you can go wild with like the daiquiris, put a little hint of sherry in there if you want to give it a slightly nuttier flavor. So I would say the daiquiri, just because daiquiris are just like such a phenomenal cocktail to begin with. You know, it's yeah, just like, it's definitely a bartender's choice. Like you can tell someone who's a bartender, like they go to a bar. I want a daiquiri. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah. Like I know where you work. <laughs> there, there's a, um, there's an Instagram, uh, we'll say influencer in air quotes okay. that, um, does just, uh, cocktail recipes. I love following him. He's, he's super entertaining. And the couple that he's done that I've tried were phenomenal. It's the thirsty whale. It, the and, thirsty yeah. whale. Well, it's just thirsty whale underscore is his name. Okay. It, it, he it, he does great cocktail videos on Instagram. I will definitely check him out. I've seen a bunch. I'm just, it's interesting. You know, you people are always just like, you know, what's the difference between like a professional, you know, bartender, you know, and someone who's like a home bartender. And I'm just like, well, the difference is that you know a professional bartender has to create the same cocktail a thousand times in that. Yeah, and it has, it has to, to be, to be something, and it has to be something that's easily replicable, whereas a home person can be as stupid and as extravagant as they want to. Yeah, you, can, spend, you can sit there and spend 10 minutes building yeah. a garnish. <laughs> you know, like, I, I can't do that in the bar. Like, I mean, you absurd. could, but you're going to get yelled at a lot. <laughs> exactly, or people stand there, yeah. you know, with their arms crossed, staring at you. With and you're going to make a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's like, it's cute to see what they're doing on Instagram, you know, but like, I, I still I need to watch Drink Masters on Netflix. Going to give that a little. You haven't you know, watched that promo. yet. I have not. Oh, I know you I'm should. horrible. But I heard from through friends like the first bartender to go home was the home bartender. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it yeah. was obvious she was going to because it get, the the format to the show doesn't lend to I think a home uh, Instagram bartender. <laughs> No, you don't have pressure at home. Yeah, the like just the way the the competition, like my when my wife and I were watching it, we we're like, oh yeah, she's going home first. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this one's pretty obvious, but you know, it's like I know the lady who's who's you know show it is Julie Reiner. She's amazing. You know, I have mad respect for this lady. You know, she's been around. Is she the showrunner? She is. Okay. She's like the main host. She's just uh, she's uh. She's an amazing woman. So I, I, 
I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I haven't watched it yet. I'm just like, well, I mean, it's kind of like, oh, oh, you're a Marine. Do you play Call of Duty? This is like, <laughs> yes, every day I want to relive a nightmare. <laughs> you know, like, do you watch Drinkmaster? No, I don't want to be behind a bar anymore. <laughs> like, it, it, it is, it's legitimately a really good show. We, we enjoyed watching it. I actually, uh, last... Uh, I think it was the first issue, episode I released this year was with the the woman who won. Oh, perfect! Oh, fantastic! And so, she's yeah. a fantastic person. She was just absolutely delightful to interview. Oh God, I, I wish I could be one of those people. I am <laughs> such a nightmare. <laughs> it, it, this has only been a mild nightmare. Like it's not. Well, there you go. Okay, perfect. <laughs> it's not like Freddy Krueger level. <laughs> it's not like wake up in the middle of the night like ah. Yeah. Like, it's more like damn, that was weird. <laughs> um, so where do people keep up to date with what's going on with Saint Luna? What's the best place? I'm gonna guess Instagram because that's where all alcohol lives. <laughs> I mean, oh God, you know it's so interesting. You know, it's first off, I had to like, and this is like my new my new uh, buzzword is pivot. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like. First, I had to pivot from being like a hospitality person to being a salesperson, which uh, I never thought I'd be able to do. I didn't think I'd be able to take myself seriously enough to perform such tasks, and, you know, because you have to sell yourself. And, you know, normally I'm just like, you don't like this, you know, kick rocks. I don't care. You know, it's like now it's like, oh, <laughs> I got to put myself out there. And um, so it's like. Then my, my, my business partner's like, okay, whenever you're at a bar, you need to take cool pictures of the cocktails. <laughs> we can post it on Instagram. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Now, uh, now I'm like, you know, a food and beverage photographer. <clears throat> because all the cocktails that I create at home, I also now have to figure out, you know, it's like, I don't have a bar. So if I come up with a cocktail, it's all in my head. Yeah. All the ingredients, all the process, everything is all up in here in my head. And it's just like, I have to go to the liquor store and I have to buy those modifiers specifically for the drink, you know? So if it doesn't turn out, like I'm just out like, you know, 60 bucks on two different modifiers yeah. I just bought. And I'm just like, oh my God, you know, now it's like, I don't have a bar as a prop. I have to like figure out ways to make it cute inside my, my apartment in the Bronx. Um, so that was, that was interesting. Now it's like, my partner has a TikTok account for us. And now it's like, hey, Aubrey, when you're out, get like 20 second videos. And I'm just like, oh, my Lord. I'm just like, ah, oh, way too old for all this. You know, just like, shit. <laughs> so now I'm a sales, a saleswoman, a business owner, a food beverage photographer, <laughs> and content creator, and Steven Spielberg. And it's uh, St. <laughs> Luna Spirits on, it looks like all social media, it's St. Luna Spirits. Yeah, and stlunaspirits.com. We just completely revamped our website. It's beautiful. You can order bottles of St. Luna directly from a little link in our website. It's fantastic. Go buy some. And you have all kinds of cocktail recipes on there to oh, so many. try so out many. the different uh, different ways of enjoying it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And there's that's that's the best part about the stuff. Like I I I win when I see a bartender taste my stuff and then their eyes get wide and they're just like, oh my God, I can make this drink, I can make that drink, I can do this with it, I can do that with it. And it's just like, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go crazy. 
Do you have some time to answer intentionally stupid questions? It would be my honor. <laughs> I added the intentionally in recently because I figured I, I probably have, over the course of our interview, asked a few unintentionally stupid ones. So these ones are intentionally. Um, who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? Ninja. I'm sorry that's wrong. A pirate would win. Okay. Does, uh, <laughs> does and that's a hill I will die on. Does pineapple okay. belong on pizza? No. Okay, you got that one correct. And yes. with the correct enthusiasm of the answer. <laughs> the only way it could have been better is if you added a hell before the no, that would give you bonus points. <laughs> my dog is fast asleep on the couch to my left. <laughs> I know. My cat's been sleeping behind me the whole time. She's also drugged, though. She pulled a muscle recently, so she's on muscle relaxers and, uh, and oh, uh, so anti-inflammatory. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Nickelback actually a good band? Who? Nickelback. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, like, I am old enough to remember. I was going to say, there's no way I'm not accepting the Who from you. Like I, the, I have interviewed, I, I, I have interviewed people where I hesitated to answer it because I had a good feeling they had no idea who Nickelback was. I mean, I at this point in time, it's been so long, I couldn't tell you a Nickelback song. Photograph. Come on. Who? Photograph. <laughs> oh. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, I'm just going to go with the rest of my generation and just say no. <laughs> Do you wash apples before eating them? No. Most people don't. It's kind of gross. I know. I don't either. I know. It, I mean, I rub me them stronger. on my shirt. It makes me stronger. Uh, <laughs> flats or drumsticks? <laughs> flats. That is also the correct answer. What I'm would from the Pittsburgh area, baby? <laughs> What what would the title of your biography be? Oh, Life on the Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Thanks. <laughs> Name a celebrity you would love to meet. A celebrity I would love to meet. Oh, my goodness. Um, I would love to go out and have drinks with Marissa Tomei. Yeah, that could be fun. <coughs> Who would play you in a movie about your life? Oh, Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> well, I guess, With, I mean, that's the great thing about being like transgender, you know, just like yeah. I get to. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, when I was a kid, everybody told me I looked like Ricky Schroeder. Um, Who? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what? So, um, I don't know. I don't know who would play me. Channing Tatum. <laughs> a really pretty boy yeah. would have to play me, I guess, because they're going to have a lot of wardrobe changes. <laughs> <laughs> if you drop food on the floor, what is the maximum amount of time that you can still eat it? I mean, as a lady, I'm going to say leave it there. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but as a no. marine, two hours. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's just gonna make you stronger. <laughs> what I is a five second rule? Just uh, like you know, like a normal human being, my, I'm my savage. I don't even remember ever saying anything about the five second rule to my um my youngest. But like it, the other day, she dropped. I can't remember what, what it was, but dropped some kind of food on the ground and just picked it up, shoved it in her mouth, and just goes, five-second roll. 
see, I mean, it's just, I think it's genetically. Yeah, you just, it's just one of those things. Like, you know, you're born knowing how to breathe. You just know that the you five, have five seconds, seconds is... <laughs> before it is completely invaded by bacteria. If you're having a plumbing issue, who would you hire, Mario or Luigi? I was a Sega Genesis girl. Um, <laughs> I never. I I never had a Nintendo. I I was I was poor. Um, I, uh, I guess I guess Luigi because I mean I'm, I love the underdog. <laughs> is, Luigi is the most popular answer, but mainly because a lot of people think the fame will have gone to Mario's head, and he wouldn't do as good of a job. Oh <clears throat> yeah, I'm just trying to give you know recognition to the. Yeah. If you were a Spice Girl, what would your name be? Secret spice. Because <laughs> I have a secret. Uh, what is the first thing you would buy if you won the Powerball? A yacht. <laughs> and one more. What is the number one pasta-like <gasps> product from Pittsburgh? The number one pasta. Yeah. I was, like. Yeah, just trying to. Th- I, I'm just trying to give you a test of whether you can claim you're from Pittsburgh. Pasta-like. Yeah, I I can't think of a better way to describe a it. A pierogi? Yes. All right, you can claim you're from Pittsburgh. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, shit, my mom, my mom gets pierogies from her Avon lady. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you know, I'm 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 typical of representation in that yeah. area, like Italian, German, Hungarian. Yeah. So, I mean, if I didn't eat pierogies, and I'd probably you know, there's something wrong. <laughs> All right, Aubrey. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh. Oh, that's such a blast. Thank you, Chris. Uh, And thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Take care. Bye, everybody. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh, my God. That's good.